Hey yo rollers, it's your boy Jay Malt. If you like original tabletop RPG adventures, join our Patreon for all original content like one-page dungeons, one-shot adventures, as well as original monsters, traps, and items. We create new stuff every month so that even if your DM isn't fully prepared, you can save the day. Check us out at patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. And... And Chapman ran away. I'm right here. Chapman not only ran away, he he was abducted just off camera. This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. One priest, two priest, red priest, blue priest. Uh, black priest, blue priest, old priest, new priest. Uh, this one is a little mean, and this one is a little green. Say, what a lot of priests we've seen. Yeah, but you'll get your voice back soon, don't worry. Uh, oh, right. Hmm. Well, howdy, listener. Welcome to the Daily Crier Listening Show, where all the news and variant and beyond can make its way, well, right to you. Now, last time, the party took to really exploring the temple, really getting all in there. Koza washed his feet while Bowden inspected the uh, offering plate. They all found, and possibly broke, an interesting tile puzzle, and ultimately ended up back on stage in some sort of theater room, about to put on a play. Well, that was until some clanky thing started rattling in the distance and spooking them all up. Sorry to be so brief with you, listener. I'm trying to compile speech patterns for my new friend here. Anyway, take care of each other. But most importantly, don't forget to take care of yourself. Drink some water today and uh, don't forget your blanket. And as always, y'all take care now. So you all found yourselves in a large theater within the Copper Temple. Johannes and Solnar were about to put on a show for Alita, Koza, and Bob before you began to hear some kind of odd sound approaching you. What does the sound sound like? It's this scraping metal on metal sound. And it has this consistency that you don't hear in footsteps, almost as if it's a wheel. Okay. So it's a chain wheel. Put chains on tires in the snow. It's a truck that's driving in the snow. You you figured you figured out the sliding door puzzle. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's either that or it's Jacob Marley. The creature that enters the space appears humanoid. Save for the odd tank-like wheels that serve as its method of conveyance. Its arms are long and lithe, its body almost feminine. The whole of its form is a rusted brown metal save for the pristine porcelain mask that makes up its face. The rust seems to make its uh, movements slow, awkward, and forced. 
its face is sort of frozen by this mask into this perpetual concerned and curious look. It uh, tilts its head at you. Uh, hello. It whirs up closer and tilts its head the other direction. I s- you can stay right back there. I've got throwing knives and I know how to use them. This thing sounds uh, how- like an HR Giger drawing animated or drawn by like Yoshitaka Amano. How bad is the... Yeah, um, that's actually a pretty good description. How bad is the rust? Eh, give or take a couple hundred years. Like, is it obvious that it's, like, really rusty and it's making it hard for it to move? Yes. I'm going to cast Mending on it. Oh. We're trying to get rid of the rust, Alex. Yeah. Do you have to touch something to cast Mending on it, or is that a distance spell? Um, You're asking me like I've ever used Mending ever once in my entire life. I think he asked that because he knows it's a touch spell. It's a touch spell, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go up to the creature and touch it to cast Mending. All right. Uh, up. Careful. Careful, Koza. Koza. Uh, it's, just, it's just kind of rusty. Maybe so it'll help it out. As the, oh, rust begins, as the rust begins to fall away from its body, uh, it is going to pull its arm back its hand collecting into the shape of a drill point. And it is going to launch that drill point at Koza with violent intent. But it rolled a one, so it's going to miss because it still had rust in its gears. I'm gonna need you guys to roll for initiative. I think it rolled a one because it knew that Koza had really helped it helped it out and since you removed its rust i'm going to take away that deficit on its dexterity because it never pays to be helpful <laughs> this is why you should always be selfish all right so the order is going to go solinar koza alita the monster boat and then johannes rounding it out solinar take it away buddy uh i think what happens is solinar briefly considers throwing knives considers the vast shoulders of Koza as opposed to his target and it's like and then he drops his knives on the stage sprints off and mid leap from the stage pulls attention I guess out of the costume because he's wearing most of a clown get up and it's like You'll not drill my friends! And then uh, goes to stab the creature. So if he's not within 30 feet, then I'm going to say he uses the bonus action to dash. Okay. Uh, The creature will be within 30 feet, so. Oh, fantastic. Uh, How does a non-nat 20 get me? Yeah, believe it or not, non-nat 20 will get you there. Hell yeah. Oh, hey. Hey, I I got a buddy who's standing right there with the monster. So total damage? 25. 25 damage. 25. All right. Koza. Um, Koza's going to cast Shalele, then give it give it a whack. Now watch me whip. Watch me Shalele. Uh-huh. And what's going to happen is... Uh, ooh, yeah. Um, does a nine hit? It does not. Yeah, Koza was a little surprised by that thing, like, suddenly moving into attack. Um, so, like, kind of in a rush, he, he tries to swing at it. Um, 
but I think it like easily blocks it. So we're going to come up on Alita's turn. She's going to set down the lantern so it is still pointing at you guys so you have enough light. And it looks like she charges and moves her arms as if she is casting a spell, but nothing happens. She looks confused for a moment. It is now the monster's turn. It is going to turn to Solonar because so far Solonar has been the thing to wallop it the worst. So it's going to take its arms and then hit three really rapid strikes. You're going to be able to dodge two, but one is gonna hit you square in the shoulder. 13 damage to you. Okay, halved is rounded up, I think, so seven. All right, that's gonna bring us up to Boat. Boat, having not been in combat for what seems like forever, if I recall correctly, feels a little bit rusty here, but I Not think- No, as rusty as this monster. Oh, don't worry, we've got mending. Yeah, I think Boat's gonna pull out his old great ax and go hacking away at this uh, rusty tank monster. Okay. Uh, how does a 21 do me? A 21 will decidedly hit. Uh, that's going to be 10 damage. All right. And then uh, because uh, this is the style at the time, Boat will use the momentum from his great axe attack to spin around and do like a Chuck Norris kick to this thing for the unarmed strike. All right. Uh, and that's going to be 17. That'll also hit. That's going to be six more damage. Boat's right. not about to let this thing take actor's jobs as well. <laughs> All right, Johannes, that brings us to you, buddy. Oh, no, my friends, says uh, Johannes from the stage. And he um, grabs the curtain that he had pulled back. And he goes and he does a big yanking motion to see if he can tear it off. Roll straight. 20. 20. You will be able to rip it from the rings that hold it up on the rod. Yeah, and then uh, Johannes starts running with it, and he goes, um, he goes, Kozu's trying to de-rust you, you rust bucket, and he throws the uh, the curtain over this creature, over this thing. So the curtain settles over the creature, and it struggles, attempting to get out of it. But the fabric is heavy, and it will. Pretty much make it so that it can't get out for at least a turn. Johannes is like turns to everybody. He's like, Jazz Tamarind warned us about the robots. <laughs> Jazz Tamarind is the Sarah Connor of quid pro roll. Come with him um, if you want to live. That seems like an action. Do I have anything else? Do I have like a bonus? I mean, do you have a bonus action that you want to use? Is it possible? I don't remember how bonus actions work. I don't know if this works because I'm not a rogue, but is it possible for me to like grab onto the to the curtain and just like strangle it well i mean it's, it's a robot i'm not really strangling i'm just trying to like keep it tight yeah i'll let you use it as a grapple check cool to just roll strength against its strength sort of deal yeah 13 yeah buddy that is a grappled robot yeah so johannes tries like i'm gonna hug you and he hugs him hard that Very brings tight. us back to solinar keep hugging johannes We've got it in the curtains. I'm and a hug bug. Solinar is going to just like plunge attention into these curtains. All right, roll with advantage on the attack. First one's a hit. Oh, I rolled 12 twice. Okay, so it's a hit. 12 to 14 is 11, 25 to go. Crushing it. All right, that's gonna bring us to Koza. 
Uh, yeah, because it's going to give it another chalet thing. You will have advantage now because Johannes is hugging it. Okay. I'm a hug bug. Uh, that's going to hit. And so to roll damage. Oh my gosh, I have to do all these things when I roll damage. Let's I don't, see. I'm not used to rolling damage. He's doing this one-handed though because like uh, he has to hold up his, his flame at the same time. This is probably a really spooky fight in the dark with this like with these echoes that are like sounding around it. Like this is probably really creepy. Yeah, absolutely. Hold on, didn't you say there was a lit copper chandelier in the middle of the room? Yeah. So this probably is probably that... like the one well lit room. It's probably not well lit though. It's, it's, it's not well lit. It's just better lit than the darkness you guys have been going through. Yo, this room is lit. I would say that this is this is like dim to low moderate comparatively Solonar's like wow this room is so well lit <laughs> sorry that's gonna be a um a, a six sorry uh yeah six damage. six damage all told yeah so I, I smash it down on this um the most headlike area of this cloth that I can you bonk it you bonk, bonk it, it good I bonk it so again bringing up to Alita's Alita's turn uh, she is going to set up again as if she's going to cast a spell. Size grabs her mace and instead swings down on the critter. Uh, with advantage, she's going to hit. All right, that's a respectable seven damage. All right, that's going to bring us to the monster, who is now going to make a, an attempt to resist Johannes. Johannes, I need you to roll a post strength for me. God, I'm so glad that Johannes has restrained this creature in a big curtain, because I don't want to think about how horrifying its porcelain mask looks now that it's taken a couple of bludgeoning damage attacks to its head. Well, that's good news because I got a 22. Oh, yeah, so that thing is still grappled. <laughs> I'm a hug bug. You don't escape me. All right, Boat, that brings us to you. Um... Second verse, same as the first. Let's uh, roll that great axe. Roll that beautiful great axe footage. Oof, that missed. So I'm gonna try my unarmed strike. Punch it, punch it in its face. Also missed, I got all my good ones out last time. Well, do you remember that you have advantage because it's grappled? Oh yeah. Well, that one hit, that's an unnatural 20. Uh, a tight 12 on there. And let me roll my advantage on the unarmed strike. Uh, that also missed. So Please. yeah, so I feel good. I feel good about that. Great X work there, Boat. Mm, thank you, sir. Johannes, it's your turn, buddy. Um, Johannes is of course uh, hugging hugging this robot, and Johannes uh, is like, robot, if you don't calm down, we're gonna make you calm down. But there's one of two ways out of this situation, and one of them is that you just allow Kozed to take the rust off you and you become one of our friends. And the other one is sure, sure death. Friendship for death, you decide. Uh, that brings us back to Solinar. Oh, sorry, can I roll a um, seduction roll? <laughs> Pardon? I'm trying to lure the robot with the sedu seduction of freedom. Are you trying to... I, um, I, I guess that's a persuasion roll. Yeah. It's a, oh, okay. I got a natural one. <laughs> I, um, What do you think, Robit? 
Would you, what do you, do you want life of, of free of crime and murder? Or do you want your own death to be on your robot hands or slash drills? Solidar, it's your turn, buddy. I love the idea that it was a nat one because the robot doesn't speak common. Solinar, so for the past like couple of turns, Solinar's just been like pulling attention out and plunging it back in, pulling it back out, plunging it back in. Solinar, you are Michael Myersing this robot. Yeah. So on this attack, uh, Solinar takes attention over his head and kind of like hand behind the palm, the hilt basket goes to drive it down into the like chest or chassis of the robot uh because he got a he got a non-nat 21 but uh i'm about to roll probably some more big damage that's nine from attention that's six for necrotic for 15 and that's another 11 for 26 off of sneak attack that takes it down. So if you want to go ahead and narrate anything. So Solonar drives attention down into the chassis of the robot. And just like, it's it's one of those where when you're trying to like push something into a mechanism where it starts in and then you kind of hear like gears whining and things scraping metal on metal and just the complaining sounds of machinery being treated in a way that machinery never should. And then attention just sort of like drives in a little bit, like gunk, 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 a little bit at a time, and then finally stops, and so does the machinery. So as as the thing, you can feel, Johannes in particular, uh, since his arms are wrapped around it, can feel it just go completely limp. And you guys hear what appears to be a woman's wail carried in the wind, and then it disperses. Wait, was was that robot a person? Hold on. Oh, Hold I don't on. know. Let me check. And Johannes pulls the curtains off of him. Its mask lays in sh- in shards on the ground, as well as bits of its mechanism. It is slumped with its torso up completely limp and the tank-like bottom half of this thing just stationary and motionless. Solinar pulls attention out and checks it for blood as opposed to oil. You find nothing of the sort. Though you do see some dings around the blade from ramming it into a metal monster. I don't think that that thing was human. I think it'd be more apt to describe as a metal monster. I tried to reason with it, but there was no reasoning with cold steel. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to think I need to pick up that that spell that you used to get all the rust off of there. Because I don't I don't want attention to get all dinged up in fights like these. Oh, do do you want me to 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 help out attention real quick? Oh. Oh well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to impose, but if oh, if that's oh, convenient. Oh, oh, it's it's not a problem. Does mending work just, on magical items? It it just says objects, I think, and I think that's probably fine. I don't think it would like repair a broken spell, but I think it'd be. It, it'd get the dings out of the blade. Got it. Gonna cast mending with a beautiful swirl of of spore magic. 
the blade becomes sharp, pristine, and dingless. Oh, I don't know that I've ever seen attention looking so good. Thank you, Koza. Uh, of course. Um, Any, anything else? Do any of you know, like, what this thing is? Nope, not even a little bit. It's a robot. Johannes kind of puts the little pieces of the mask together, and he and he's like, "Does he recognize that this might belong to a, a similar type of? Uh, does it look similar to masks that he's seen before?" Yes. What do I get from a fifteen of Arcana? For what the Just, item, the like, mask, the creature, the mask, the creature. No. Um, there is, there is something that makes you sort of think of like modons, like those kinds of like mechanical protectors. Yeah. But it's more advanced and generally you're not familiar with those kinds of things, just attacking. Mm. You're also not familiar with them wearing masks. Johannes, uh, looks at the mask and goes, wait a second. And then he sits there. And you watch as the gear in his head moves one tick and then goes backwards a tick and he goes, nope, nothing. <laughs> this looks this looks like a job for Jazz Tamarind. If only we had him here today. Johannes Boat is Jazz Tamarind. Well, Bo is supposed to be Jazz Tamarind, but then I saw the real Jazz Tamarind. I, um, oh, okay. It was an amazing coincidence. Uh-huh. Maybe we can summon Jazz Tamarind. Oh my we, gosh. If we believe hard enough, the Feywild will make it happen. You really think that boat? I believe so. We've seen it happen before, where everybody knew who Jazz Tamarind was after I made up Jazz Tamarind. We can summon Jazz Tamarind to solve the mystery of this robot. Yeah, we need your help, Alito, because Jazz Tamarind, if he's getting summoned from the Feywild... You've got the best connection to the Feywild of anybody here. I mean, I have been told by denizens of the Feywild that I am not Feywild enough, so I'm not entirely certain that that's going to work. You should have stolen Jazz Tamarin and rode him back when you came back from visiting your father. <laughs> I hate everything about what you just said. Every right. single word. Each piece of it. Wait, I have a question. <laughs> Why did you pick a character you made up as a world-renowned detective. What do you mean? Everybody was just supposed to... We were supposed to bluff our way through. Nobody was supposed to know who he was. Well, right, but, like, you could have picked a real world-renowned detective that people had heard of, but surely no one's ever seen. I don't know any world-renowned detectives here. Name one. There's, well, there's Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> yeah, Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> A perfect, a perfect attribution, Sherlock Gnomes from Gabe. I guess Jessica Fletcher is a world famous detective, except here she makes arrows. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking of um, the one guy who um, he's got the kind of funky Barosian accent. Uh, Pot Patro, Patro, I think is his name. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> well, Herc Patro. Yeah, Herc, none of those detectives are here right now. So well, Alita knows we, who I'm talking about. Alita, can you summon Patro? I'm not sure I can do anything, honestly. Well, actually, that's a good question. Was that related to the robot? Or was that related to the room? Or was that related to the temple? <laughs>
You should try something at this point. That's quitters talk, Leah. We don't accept none of that here. I don't know what it is, but I haven't tried to cast anything, really. I tried to cast, like, pew-pew spells and nothing happened. Pew-pew. We'll see if you can cast something maybe a little simpler right now. Uh, like what? I don't know. Well, uh, Solonar looks at where the robot, like, punched him in the shoulder and he's like, this is gonna bruise very, very nicely, uh, unless perhaps there is a mild amount of healing you are capable of doing. Oh, okay, sure. She's gonna hold up her hands as if she's going to heal and nothing happens. Hmm. Got any simpler spells? Um, she's able to produce small motes of light and she's able to produce small, like, tut, like spurts of, like, leaves. I, I can do stuff like this. Well, I, I, it seems like everybody else is doing magical stuff. But no, actually, wait, hold on. Let me see. And Solinar, uh kind of like wiggles his fingers a little bit and then uh his mage hand doesn't appear but he becomes conscious of it and then it like pulls up on his cloak a little bit and he's like no that seems to be working hmm is uh are, are you and alden okay or did you all have a fight or anything recently i, I haven't to see Lord Alden, the, like the last time I was there was when you all were there. Well, Johannes is talking to soon, but soon doesn't like descend from the heavens to have conversations with Johannes. It, it's a little different. Oh. I mean, I don't think he's mad at me. Well, I, would, I wouldn't assume he's mad at you, though. I don't know like what's going on then. I don't know either. Maybe it's something about the temple itself. Well, if there's one way we're going to figure out what's going on, it's to continue along our path and or to put some clown makeup on, on Solonar and continue our two-man play. We have two paths, one more traveled and one less traveled. Oh, that's a good reminder. Solonar jumps back up on stage so he can collect his throwing knives. So... Outside of, like, where you guys had already been, which was the room to the dressing room and the room that you came in on, there is one other room. Well, one other door. Uh, it's a stone facade door that appears to be locked. The stone itself is carved, ornate white stone. How does it appear to be locked? Is there a yeah. bar over it? or? Well, no, if you reach out to try and jiggle it, it it's locked. Is oh. there a gap around the edge of it? What do you mean? Like, is there, like, enough of a gap that, like, air could pass through? No. So it's, like, sealed. It, it, it appears to be sealed. I mean, there might be enough of a gap for air to pass through, but it's, there's no gap that you can see. It's, it's well-constructed, so it's flush against the wall, but I don't know that it necessarily makes it airtight. Okay, um... Because it's going to cast... If you want a gaseous form, I mean, knock yourself out, my man. I don't yeah. know it'll stop you. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to try gaseous forming my way through. No, don't knock yourself out, because we couldn't wake you up last time you did that. Yeah. All right, so you poof yourself, and yep. then, <laughs> then you slide under the door, and you unpoof yourself. Uh, yeah, wait, can I observe stuff in my poofed form? Yeah. I'm going to wait before I unpoof myself. Well, you're in the dark. 
because you don't have any light production right. when you're okay. that's, that's a great point. Um, <laughs> you can't I, be both a moat of gas and also producing light. Well, I You're think, not a nebula. Um, <laughs> Nebulosa? Nebulosa, it's a great point. What kind of gas is... What kind of gas are you? Methane. Neon. <laughs> wait, wait, no, wait. He's a noble gas. Well, actually, oh, oh, that's so dumb. <laughs> Inspiration point to Gabe. Um, <laughs> another noble gas is neon. Yeah. Which yeah. emits light. I'm well, also going know, to say that, so we have historically made it a policy that everybody's magic is at least thematically tied into the source of their magic. We've all done this. The same reason that like Johannes casting friends in Zone of Truth looks like you've walked into the Bishonen character in an anime. If Koza's thing is decomposition, then yes, it would be methane gas that he turns into. That does make sense. Also, mm -hmm. what if I want to be that? Um... I'll also allow him to be a shoof of spores. Spore cloud, spore cloud. Also, um, even even if he was neon, we'd still have to pass electricity through him in order to Koza. make him light. Um, Open the door. Is there any carpet? Koza, is there any carpet in here we can rub our feet on and Koza, then poke at him? Yes, becomes, there is a lot of carpet. Because that becomes the 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 um the gas that stinkhorn stinkhorn mushrooms give off. Nobody smell Koza. Um, it's also lots of, of spores in that, that gaseous cloud. So like probably don't, don't inhale Koza. Yeah. Don't breathe this. Yeah. Koza turns into a gas, goes through the crack and then degasifies and holds out a produced flame. So you're going to see a winding hallway that is going to end in, while you cannot see beyond it, you see an enormous copper archway. Is there a way to open the door behind me? Yeah, you unlock it. Yep, I unlock the door. You, the door swings open freely. Well, I didn't say I opened friends. it. I just said I unlocked it. I just want to be clear here. Okay. I, um, look, hearing a click and then nothing happening, Solinar would be like, uh, and then just try to open the door slowly. Oh, you you can come in. Oh, well done. I was thinking. Uh, I was literally just about to start looking for the lock, but I guess I don't have to. Oh, yeah, I guess you could have just done it that way. Koza, I think it was wonderful. Oh, oh, thank you. Well, anyway, there's like an arch over here. It looks pretty Whoa, cool. Oh, let's, let's check it out. You're going to walk down the hallway and past the copper arch. Within the room that you find yourself stand several copper statues of dragons, historically relevant figures, and well-known dragon priests. The room appears to be a dead end. This room I appears to be... And don't, don't get too worked up about this name because the name is actually a long story, but it doesn't mean that we're going to die, but it looks like a dead end. Um, I, I can only assume that the reason it's well-known dragon priests is because we walk into the room and Alita's like, oh my god, that's so-and-so from the gold dragon priests, and that's so-and-so from the bronze dragon priests, and we're like, okay. Neat. Who? Yes, pretty much. Wow. Which one is your favorite, Alita? 
Um, to be perfectly frank with you, um, Lord Vostit from the Gold Dragon Priest is probably one of my favorites. Why is that? Well, he was a really interesting person, and he left a life as a like war general. Like he was, he was this really, really powerful soldier, and he left to be in service of the Golden Dragons after he decided that that was going to be a better way to pursue peace. He was really dedicated to it, and it was really really noble, especially because one of the things that he was really well known for was building homes and stuff for widows and orphans after war had arrived in a certain place. Wow. He left war to pursue peace and built homes for the parentless. Well, and the husbandless and the spouseless overall. Wow. What a cool person. Oh, he was lovely. It was also very interesting because he was a bugbear. You know, now that you say it, I'm looking a little closer at some of these details. That does check out. Do you think that he was a hug bugbear? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he was around like 700 years ago. Like, I don't know if there's a lot of documents on whether or not he was huggable. I bet he was a hug bugbear. He looks like a hug bugbear from this photo. I'm going to give this photo a little hug. Johannes, that's a statue. Uh, the photo of him of stone. A little hug. <laughs> the stone photo. The well-known phrase of what a statue is. I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep track of some of the things we've seen in case they apply to that sliding panel puzzle thing in the secret room. And we've got a bunch of dragon priests. Got a big arch. Uh. I'm not feeling real confident about any of these as clues just yet, just based on what we saw. Would looking around maybe be helpful? Well, yeah, like, I was gonna poke around, I was just trying to think if any of these applied, and I don't- I don't know that they do. Solinar's gonna Leave go the poke. a rummage in. Alright. A rummage up jub A rummage up jub Roll investigation. Twenty-two. So not only are you going to find that one of the statues actually is concealing a hidden door, but you also see that the plaques at the feet of the statues explaining who they are seem to slide one side or another. Just like the wall panels, I say, assuming that Solnar slid one of them. <laughs> It slides, revealing a sm each of them that slide reveal a small cavity in the base of the statue with small trinkets, bits and bobs. There's some folded notes. There's small wooden carvings. There's what appears to be like a very, very thin kind of throwing needle. Wait, throwing needle or sewing needle? Throwing. So I want you to imagine a throwing dagger, and I want you to make it sharp. I want you to make it cylindery, and I want you to make it pointy. Okay. I don't know that I want to know what the throwing needle is for. That, that seems hazardous. I'm curious what's on these notes, though. So you found three notes. One of them explains hide the treasure use one of the puzzles. You find another note. This one has some schematics that you're not quite able to make out, 
but you are able to discern that there are three separate puzzles set around the temple itself. The final thing that you are able to find is a rough sketch of what appears to be, from your guess, one of the dragon relics. They've all had a very distinct shape and a very distinct sort of look to them, and this sketch is very similar to those. All right. Um, Alita, what did you say um, uh, uh, copper dragons cared about most? They were, like, they cared about entertainment, revelry, uh, joy, fun kind of thing. Okay. Why? I'm just trying to think of ideas. I thought copper dragons cared about chasing 1930s gangster dragons. <laughs> yeah, see? He's not paying his taxes on the dragon horde. We gotta go chase him down. Every copper dragon, once you guys bring dragons back, is going to talk like that. <laughs> it's happening. Guys, how strongly do we feel about bringing copper dragons back? Don't, 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 <laughs> do, we, do we really need to? So I, I'm surprised Solinar has even gotten this far trying to bring back a copper dragon. Hey, Um, So what, what were some of the objects again? All right. So, so we've got these notes. We've got a throwing needle. And then we've got these wooden figurines. So the wooden figurines, to be described as figurines in and of themselves, is probably not terribly accurate. It looks like it was a figurine that was smashed with... A decent amount of prejudice. You can find from amongst some of the shards of it, a wing, a body, and three separate heads. Do they fit together? They do. God, it's King Ghidorah. Can I cast Mending? <laughs> it's not King Ghidorah. <laughs> can, can I cast Mending? Yes, you can. It's not okay, going well. to complete. It's not going to complete it. You can still see some like pieces and shards and stuff of of what's missing, but it appears to be, from what you can tell, a multi-headed dragon. Oh, I must have put it together wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know anything about multi-headed dragons. I'm, aren't there's like a, what's it called? It's like a hydra or something, right? It's kind of like Alita, a dragon, but it's got many heads. Alita, does this mean anything to you? Uh, no, not to me. Okay. I think that that dragon has too many heads and not enough limbs. Yeah, like, can you imagine if you had to have multiple heads on one body, like, sharing who gets to use the left leg? Like, come on. I feel like going to the bathroom would be uncomfortable and awkward. Well, you have to oh assume they've all been using the bathroom their whole lives together, right? So... It can't be that weird. But then, but then you always, you always have somebody who you could talk to. You could be like, hello. And then you'd be like, hello. And you'd be like, what do you think about this? And they'd be like, I think that that's a pretty cool bowl of popcorn. And then you'd be like, me too. And then you could eat it together. Johannes, I want to live in your world sometimes. Well, there's two heads available. <laughs> but no, I don't know of any dragons. Like, I mean, I'm certain that there might've been like, at some point, like, some kind of, like, twin dragon, maybe? But no, this doesn't mean anything to me. A like, there's two dragons that were twins? And they just, like... But, like, shared a body or something. I mean, I'm, shared a I'm, certain, that's, oh. I'm certain that's happened at some point. I mean, there are a lot a of monsters that do stuff like that. A conjoined dragon. Something. 
Oh, Run right. It. I mean, that sounds pretty zany to me, but you, I, I'm not the dragon priest. I don't know. I, look, I only have so much information. What if one dragon paid to have his head grafted onto the body of another dragon? Ew. Why would anyone want that? Uh, maybe the other dragon was dying. And the only way to save himself was to graft him onto another body. There's science so much there, and I hate all of it. Yeah, I don't I don't know that that would work. And if it did work, I think it'd be bad. That's where I'm yeah. at on that. But I the thing that's weird is it looks like there's even more heads to this thing. <laughs> and also a wing and a foot that are missing. Well, I guess we a got a big beefy arm. Real <laughs> Not that Kosa. Wait, do we have? Weren't there? Are these the same size as the like special objects that Kosa doesn't know about? They're smaller. Which ones are smaller? The special things are larger than the wooden carving you have. Okay. I'm not certain that this wooden carving thing is uh, the key to a doorway, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. It feels pretty, pretty strongly like it would be a key object, you know? Like, we gotta reassemble it. They broke it apart so that we couldn't use it. Uh, okay. Um, hmm. Well, a- any ideas of what to look for next? So, Alex, you had mentioned that there was underneath one of the statue's pedestals, there was a passageway. Did we? No, it was it was behind one of the statues. It's hiding a a door in the wall. Okay, is that is that door like uh mechanism locked? Is there something we need to solve in here, or does it appear to be? It's like- locked, but it also has a keyhole. Aha. I think I know how to proceed from here. And Solinar uh, breaks out his lockpicks and tries to pick the lock on the door. All right, go ahead and roll for me. It's a 28. So the door swings open and you hear again, much louder than you've been hearing throughout the room. Tick, talk, tick, talk. The sounds of an enormous clock. Pro Roll is a co-production of Alpha Comics and Games with Goblins and Growlers. Our audio production and all original music composition is provided by Gabriel Perez. He can be found at Amethyst Audiomancer on Instagram. The voice of Alita and our DM for the podcast is Alex Smith. She can be found at Alpha Comic Games on Twitter. The voice of Charles Gravyboat Barnes is Brandon Dingus. He can be found at Way of Brandalore on Twitter. The voice of Eek and Koza are Chapman Adams. He can be found at What Are Birds on Instagram. The voice of Johannes is Alan. He can be found at The Dungeon Meowster on Instagram. And finally, the voice of Solinar is me, Josh Maltby, and I can be found at Black Cloak DM on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening.
Ooh, youch. Okay. Yeah, that's not going to be great. I will right. use my reaction to uncanny dodge. Well, no. Uh, so it makes three <laughs> attacks. Only one is going to hit. So you I, can absolutely can... uncanny dodge, but I'm saying it's not as dangerous as I made it sound. It is oh, this okay. thing whiffed. It feels it feels bad about fighting us because we helped it so much. 